Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, the Memorial Tournament. Early luck, early leans. It's the preview for the course. Well, we did the preview for the course last week, and shockingly, not much is going to change this time around. Same location, Mirfield Village. But before we dig into what we're looking for, who's in the field, and what's going on this week, and what makes it different from the workday, which is still going on, by the way. As I record this, the players are through 16 holes. Justin Thomas has a three-stroke lead. Hopefully he, I don't know, forgets half of his clubs tomorrow or something, and Vic and or Morikawa can make a run to the top. Preferably Vic. That would be fantastic. I'm not going to lie to you. But we'll see how that ends up going. Uh, if you're watching this after the fact, you probably don't give a shit about this because it's already happened. If you do watch this before Sunday, just know that the tee times have been pushed up super early. Guys are going out in threesomes and at 7 a.m. local time. Uh, so that's central time. At not at Memorial, at Workday, at Mirfield Village in Ohio. So just be cognizant of that if you're playing Showdown or anything like that. You're not going to have the ability to wake up Sunday morning, unless you wake up super early, and enter your Showdown lineup. So just be cognizant of that. Other than that, uh, let's just kind of dig into what's going on. Smash the like button to the video, and in the comment section, give me your early lean so far heading into the tournament. Also, all stats and... The tutorial that I'm going to go through and the stat building, that is going to be powered by FantasyNational.com. All the tools, all the stats, the live leaderboard, everything that you want is up on FantasyNational.com. And if you use FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, you get 20% off. Or if you just use code M-A-Y-O, Mayo, you get 20% off. Highest of recommendations from me to use FantasyNational.com. Since golf has returned, already one millionaire maker winner as a member of FantasyNational.com. Hopefully we can make it two this week. It's not going to be me, but maybe someone out there. I saw a few decent six of sixes with the Fantasy National symbol on DraftKings. That'd be awesome. Maybe we can just hit Morikawa or Hovland. We can all win some bets, too. That would be awesome. Not holding my breath on that one. The other big thing, too, is if you subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, which I highly recommend that you do, it really helps me out in a big way. Even if you see football shows up there and don't give a fuck about football, download them anyway. Then erase them. That way I get credit for the download and we're all happy campers. But if you just scroll to the bottom with your phone and just tap the five-star button, it takes like three seconds to do. That goes, that's probably the most important thing you can do to support this show. And we're always giving away everything for free. We're doing giveaways, and I'll probably have more Millionaire Maker tickets to give away Wednesday at noon Eastern time on my Twitter account, at the PME. I've got them the past five weeks. Hopefully they continue to do that. And if you subscribe to the pod, you can easily find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast in the description of the podcast. You can find the link. We broke DraftKings. So we wanted to make it bigger. We filled it as of Monday evening again this week for Workday. Now for Memorial, it is the biggest it actually can be. I believe it's 6,667 spots, $100,000 of rake-free money. I asked them to make it bigger. I asked them to make it up to 7,000 or 8,000 for the week. And they told me, Pat, listen, it's rake-free money. It's a listener's league. Uh, we can't have it being one of the biggest tournaments on DraftKings. We just can't do that. And I was like, you know, 
that actually makes a lot of sense. They're not making any money off this. It's all rake free. So enter that contest as quickly as possible. I actually had the choice to say, hey, should I make it the $15 buy-in like it normally is, three max entry with the no rake, or up it to 10,000 entries for $10. I decided to keep it at the 15. I think that you know, we might, this is an exclusive club. You gotta, you gotta work to get into it. At least you gotta click on the podcast on Sunday or a Monday uh, to get into it. So let's fill that as quickly as possible. And maybe, maybe if we keep filling it, so quickly for one of the majors, maybe we get up to 150k guaranteed, something like that. That would be amazing. So the faster we fill this thing, the better it always looks on us. It's just more resources for the show, just like you know, smashing the like button and you know, hitting the review for everything. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Let's talk memorial. What is different this week than last week? Well, this week being you know, the upcoming week. Uh, first off, different field. Uh, it's going to be the same course. So for the course, I looked at the scorecard. It's exactly the same measurements for each of the holes and total distance as it was for Workday. So that's not going to change, even though they're going to use different tee boxes. So that will change day to day. That leaves my key stats being exactly the same. Uh, we're going to go with strokes gained approach, par four scoring from 400 to 450 yards, proximity 150 to 175. And around the green, we've been seeing so far how imperative it is to be able to get it up and down. One of the reasons I ended up back on Hovland this week for Workday was he started to figure out his short game. He's not a disaster. You don't need to be the best guy in the field, but we've seen him get it up and down from the bunker. Just stuff he wasn't doing before, he is now doing. That if you're going to be a guy who's like minus three and a half around the greens for the week, now that's not predictable in a sense, but we have a relatively large sample of most players who are either good around the greens or bad around the greens or average. I'd say average and above if you're making your picks this week, uh, unless your guy is the most ultimate ball striker of all time. He just never misses Gers, but... That unfortunately doesn't happen very much. So just you want to take guys that are capable around the greens. They don't need to be the best, but they just cannot be the worst. You want to say, like I said, median and above uh, when you're looking around the greens this week. But ball strikers and that type of guy, you can get away with a Vic who's great off the tee, great on approach, okay around the greens. That's sort of a template of what we're looking for. If you're going to be bad off the tee, you got to be great at approach and great around the greens. You want like two of those three skills to be very high end and the other one not to be a disaster. Putting, who knows? Like Keegan Bradley this week's getting like nine strokes on approach and lost five and a half on the greens. Thanks, Keegs. Got you in my lineups. Top-notch stuff there. The course, Mirfield Village, second week in a row. First time like we're ever seeing this on tour. So the big differences are going to be they're not going to cut the rough. So the rough is going to be longer than it was this week. And it was already up a lot this week. So you get another seven days worth of growth in the rough. The greens are going to be stronger. And this really got emphasized to me on Saturday. Ian Poulter hit his third shot into the par 5 15th. And it just got stuck up on a ridge. Normally, in the Memorial Tournament, with the way that they cut those greens, some of the fastest on tour that that ball rolls all the way back down to where the pin location was that's what Poulter was playing and it just stuck up there now some of that had to do with the wetter conditions where it rained in the morning and the greens are a bit softer but they're also not cutting it as short it's not rolling as fast so I want to see some pressers before I commit to anything talking about how guys going from week one to week two are going to adjust on the greens I think that's really going to be the hardest part generally speaking the pin locations will be more difficult yes but you know, they're going to be more difficult for everyone. Guys that play this week versus the guys that play next week are going to just deal with different green speeds. I don't know how long that's going to take them to adjust. They'll play practice rounds. They could be fine, uh, and there could be no difference. I'm just curious to know uh, if anyone comes out and says, oh, shit, like, these are running super fast. Like, I'm all fucked up now. 
Sometimes like when you come out of a weather delay and there's a bunch of rain on the greens that all of a sudden putts start rolling slower. We saw that at Heritage earlier this year. It took Webb Simpson like two holes to get his bearings back and get the speed back right. So maybe it's just like a three-hole difference. And maybe it's a non-factor. It's just something I want to look into uh, when some more information comes out about it. So I wanted to throw that out on the radar to you. 7,456 yards for Mirfield Village, par 72. Then grass greens, some of the fastest. Like I mentioned on tour, that crossover with Firestone, that's still going again this week. Big shocker, Justin Thomas is out to a lead. He's won Firestone in the past. So just one of those things. 73 bunkers, 13 water hazards all across the course. Like being accurate off the tee and gaining strokes off the tee, again, while not the most imperative part of the strokes gain tee degree metrics, uh, you can see where it can lead you to a lot of problems, especially with the grass being grown up in the rough this week or for Memorial. But they're really wide fairways, but those creeks, and you know, they're not tributaries because they're not coming off of the ocean geography or fjords for that matter but these just like little just bits of water that you can find you need to be pinpoint ask justin rose he found like every water hazard on the course he can tell you where they all are now so just don't be justin rose from this week be try to be justin rose from next week maybe you can get his bearings back together after one of the worst tournaments i think i've ever seen him play the past winners here obviously someone's going to win workday but before that Last season, Cantlay wins at 19 under, Bryson 15 the year before, Duffner, Dirt McGirt, Lingmurth, Hideki, Kucher, Tiger, Steve Stricker, and Justin Rose. Let's get into this memorial field and actually see who's here. And there's 133 players in the field this week. Uh, that's opposed to 157 from this week. The 6 of 6 percentage in the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings was around 2.7%. That's a third consecutive week. It's been sub 5%. It's been incredibly difficult to get all six players through. So we're going to see a jump down in the number of players. It's not going to be a full field. So you know when you subtract 20 players from a field, it just logically, percentage-wise, becomes easier to make the cut. It's still not easy by any means. So you have two pieces of chalk hit like the fact that woodland ended up rallying to make the cut actually pushed that percentage way up uh that because it would have been like one percent at this point and someone actually did reach out to me that they were getting frustrated they're like i have these five of six lineups and four of six lineups and you know i'm just wasting my money and my refute to that was like what sort of contests are you playing like what are your expectations going in i think that's a very overlooked part to actually doing well on DraftKings. like if you are only entering the millionaire maker or that big five dollar contest or just gigantic g PPs with very top heavy prizes like you need to almost be perfect like six of six is good you'll probably cash but you still need to be at the very highest end of a perfect six of six lineup in order to make like big amounts of money other than that you're gonna lose like 90 percent of the time uh putting your money especially if you mass multi-entry if you're putting in five to ten to 150 wherever it is like you're gonna have more losing lineups than you do winning lineups so like the way that i'm looking at it this week like, i got wiped off the board last week and i had zero six of sixes across 25 lineups this week but i had a ton of five of sixes and those five of sixes are kind of treading me water and things like the millionaire maker i think as i look at it right now uh, i'm about even in the millionaire maker up a little in the five but i actually picked the right stuff like in my contest i have a really good five of six on the go i'm in the top 200 there i have a five of six in the hundred dollar single entry that's inside the top 20 of that tournament right now and that's paying really well it's a winning week as of saturday for me right now now of course i have justin thomas and vic and morikawa two of those three guys in almost every single lineup so that's really going a long way you still need to have good five of six lineups but if you play in the smaller entry tournaments like i looked at it this week and playing in the hundred dollar single entry there was the really big one that i think that had like 500 or 5,555 people i decided to play in the one that had 555 people yes first prize is much much lower but 
at the same time, you have to beat fewer people. When you look at the guys that win all the money that aren't the Millionaire Maker winners or the 555 winners, they're just people playing smaller tournaments for higher stakes. Just your margin of error in that type of tournament is just so much smaller. I know this is obvious to a lot of people, but there's also a lot of new people who have come in who are testing their feet for the first time at DraftKings. Like, I think that's really important to know. And you can even find some of them, like the big $5. There's also like a smaller $5 that comes out later in the week. So you don't need to like rush, get all your entries into the one uh, with that has like 100,000 people on it. Maybe there's one with 20,000 people that comes out later. Maybe 100K isn't first prize, but like 20K will be first prize. Like, what are your expectations going in? I like to live a little bit YOLO a lot of the time. Like, I like to put a bunch in the five and a bunch in the millionaire maker. And if I win, hey, I win a million bucks. That would be amazing. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do win as much as possible this is fun for me like that's how i get the fun out of it if you can't handle like the losing weeks over and over play 50 50s play cash games because four of six five of six the past few weeks in those contests would be winning lineups as long as you had someone like two guys in the top 10 it would have worked out so tournament selection is so key to all of this uh, i have drew matthews coming on the show from the brand new fade the noise.com i believe it's ftn fantasy or ftn daily ftn bets are the three sites uh my guys brad evans and jeff radcliffe just launched the site so yeah I'm, I'm having the ringer. My guy, Chris Meany, works there now. So uh, a lot of friends over at FTN wishing the best of luck. So we're going to have Drew on. Drew's been a regular on the show when he was at fantasygolfbag.com. And I'm kind of interested, too. He sold Fantasy Golf Bag. He's now a part of the site. Uh, I mean, that's a really big thing in this sort of industry, being able to sell anything. That's a huge accomplishment. So I want to thank Drew. He is another former Millionaire Maker winner, Fantasy National member, uh, until he started creating his own tools. <laughs> but uh, if you use the promo code MAYO at FTN Daily or FTN Bets right now, you can get access to any sport that you want. And they have a, I believe they're running a 20% discount right now. And the promo code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, will get you an extra 5% on top of that. It's probably the best deal you're ever going to get on that site. And they have such cool tools for every sport. It's fucking awesome. I highly recommend everyone go check that out. Guys in the field this week for the first time who didn't play this week at Workday. We have. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Look, there's Rory McIlroy. He's back. Bryson's back. So those are the big two. Dustin's also playing. Tiger is in the field. Dan Berger, Webb Simpson, Paul Casey, Tony Finau, Kevin Na, Hao Tong Lee. Cam Smith, Scott Piercy, the Jazz Man, Lingmurth, Victor Perez, the Swedish Porn King, Carl Peterson is back, Dirt McGirt. An amateur, Andy Ogletree. Uh, we have Matthias Schwab in the field, along with Hao Tong. So there's a couple guys here that we haven't seen in a while that I just want to give you a quick update on. Hao Tong has not played since the first week of March in Qatar. He missed the cut that, that week. He's missed three of five cuts so far in 2020. So he hasn't played a competitive weighted round in the official world golf ranking since the first week of March. He's down to number 95 in the world right now. So the Hao Tong that we're getting is not the Hao Tong that you might have in your mind. doesn't mean like he's a fade. Probably is a fade, but you can't just like hold that against him. He hasn't played in a while. Maybe he comes out of the break and all of a sudden he's great again. I don't know. But it's been a while since he's been really good. Matthias Schwab, number 90 in the world rankings. He last played at Qatar as well. Five of five in terms of cuts on the European tour so far in 2020. And all of his finishes have been between T20 and T44. His big run was at the end of 2019. He came fourth at the WGC in China. And that was a nice run for him. He was fourth in, let's see, he was fourth somewhere missed in italy and then he was fourth the wgc and then t2 the following week high-end player i like matthias schwab a lot we'll see how he rates out for me uh looking back at it jason 
Barnaby, the Scrivener, the Aussie, number 177 in the world rankings, cuts the field at Memorial in five starts in 2020. He's 4-5. Uh, his best finish was T21 in Qatar. That was also his last appearance in a competitive event as well. Dirt McGirt, he's back. Uh, he played in Colorado on the Corn Ferry two weeks ago, missed the cut. That was his first start since 2018. Probably not going to be looking at old Willie. Love myself some Dirt McGirt, but he might be past the prime now. The big one in the field that we haven't seen at all since the restart, Burned Weisberger. Uh, still no Scott, no Stenson, no Tommy Fleetwood, but burn, feel the burn. He's in the field in Ohio. Uh, two of four cuts made so far in 2020. He was T17 in Mexico. He was T8 in Abu Dhabi during the Middle East swing when the competitive fields, the really competitive fields on the European tour were going on. Three wins last year in Euro, the number 28 player in the world. I'll be curious to see where he ends up priced. I like Burned a lot. Uh, at his best, like he's a really good ball striker and a bad putter. <laughs> you can get away with that here. We've seen some bad putters end up near the top of leaderboards. As long as you're striking the ball really well and the short game is working, you can let a lot of that stuff pass. Uh, so those are the guys who are in the field who weren't in last week. The other guys right now who are jumping into the field who played this week, JT, Rom, Xander, Xander, Mr. Hot Putter, Xander, uh, Hideki, Reed, Sungjae, Vic, Big Dick Vic. Come on, Big Dick Vic, get this done. Gary Woodland, who just had a horrendous, like, I don't know, 23 holes and really turned it on. Lowry did the opposite. Ricky is having a good week. Morikawa having a good week. Cantley couldn't get it going. Same with Neiman. Leishman missed the cut. Fitz ended up making it. Rose, disaster week. Poulter's looking good. Louie melted down on the back nine on Saturday. I think he just chugged, did like, he was basically saying, hey, I'm going to have a shot for every bogey that I make. Uh, it was not great. Hadwin, he fizzled off as well after a good first round. Day could not hit his approaches in round three all that well, but he was looking a lot better this week. Cooch, Streelman, Spieth, and then Brooks Kepka decided, you know what? I went on my run. I made six birdies in the final ten holes coming in. Did not make the cut, but I'm going to stick around and play the week again at Mirfield. Uh, so it's interesting to have him back, which Brooks that we're going to get. Everyone was just like kind of piling dirt on his grave. Then all of a sudden Brooks showed up. So in more difficult conditions, which I do expect this week, maybe Brooks is a guy you go back to Brooks and Rose. Like I, I don't, We'll see. Like, I want to use them if they are legitimate contrarian plays. But if everyone has the same thought that I have, it's like, hey, let's go to these guys. And like, they become uber shock, probably going to fade them. Uh, that's going to be the case for me this week. But Brooks is still outside of the bubble in the FedEx Cup rankings. And listen, Brooks loves money. He loves winning majors and he loves big money. And with so much on the line to actually win the FedEx Cup playoffs, yeah, he wants to make the FedEx Cup playoffs. He was already committed to Minneapolis in two weeks. He's already on location. Just if his game's looking all right, he's feeling good. Get back in the field, Brooks. That's what he's done. Other guys who didn't play last week who are actually showing up this week, you have Harris English, Abraham Answer, Brennan Todd, Eric Van Royen, Alex Noren, and Christian Bezinhut, along with Lucas Glover. Uh, they will all be in the field after not playing Workday this week. I mentioned the big stats to look at for me. Approach 450 to 500 par 4, sand saves around the green, and proximity. What I want to do now is bring you into Fantasy National. I'm going to run my stat model from this week. Uh, the cut line this week was, let's see, Memorial, new for 2020. I tried to rejig it a little bit. We'll see how it did so far, at least. You see, I waited 4 to 450, that proximity range, 150 to 175. Probably didn't wait around the green high enough. Probably going to go back and dial that in. Since I've already waited off the tee and approach and around the green, I'm going to get rid of tee to green, make that a zero, and I'm going to up 
the around the green to 10%. I don't know why that's sticking at five. Either way, and we'll run that and see what it gives us for Memorial uh, this week and see if that's, you know, someone just kind of jumps off the page. Obviously, the stats aren't loaded in from uh, this week at Workday. That won't happen until the actual tournament concludes. So we want to run it again to see if more names end up popping up. And it'll be interesting to dig in when we go through the live leaderboard to see if there's any guys that missed the cut that ended up with like just severely bad putting weeks or there was just one really outlier type performance. You're like, well, that's probably something you don't need to do. It's the same reason I got back on Justin Thomas this week. I've already had people tell me, Justin Rose can't do it again. He's broken. Uh, you'd be so shocked the amount of people that told me the same thing about Justin Thomas this week. Well, he missed the cut at Travelers. He's awful. He could never do anything. Did you know not only did he miss the cut at Travelers, he missed at, missed the cut at Memorial last year? Yeah, well, how the fuck is that working out for you? Like, good guys are good guys. And one of the keys to being a really top-end player is that you don't go through prolonged bouts of being shitty. You have bad weeks. Everyone has bad weeks. And then you rebound and get back to the form that you were already at. So let's see how this turned out for us. Over the past 50 rounds, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Cantley, Xander, Hideki, Hovland, Rob, Morikawa, Paul Casey, Tiger Woods, number 10. Tiger's a player I want to dig into here in a second. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of chatter about him all single week. Bryson, number 11. Webb, answer, Varner. What I'm going to do now is trim this down. So I'm going to take all the rounds, uh, except for Workday, from the past two months, which gives us everything since the restart, and see how that ends up going. I've been having a lot of success doing this. Obviously, we've had a bunch of runners in contention every single week. Uh, you, know, you need your guys to come through on Sunday. We couldn't do it with Rose or Xander or who the hell was the other guy? Bryson uh, at Colonial. But then the next week, Webb comes through. Then DJ comes through. And I pray to God, we'll see where these guys ended up. Let's see. Thomas, 16. All right. All right. There we go. Victor Hovland. He's in the clubhouse. He's two back as it stands right now, and that's two ahead of Morikawa. Maybe Justin Thomas wants to make bogey on 18. I don't know. He's in the middle of the fucking fairway like every goddamn time. But if he just closes at 16, then, you know, two shots. Vic can make those up. I mean, I've had money on Justin Thomas when he melted away at Riviera. Maybe he can do it again at this tournament. Or maybe Vic just goes out and plays so great that you know, Thomas doesn't shoot six under. Maybe Thomas will make a bogey for the first time all week. Really hard to go an entire tournament without making a bogey. It's called like the Troy Merritt effect from last week where it's like, oh, he hasn't made a bogey. It's like, well, he's also Troy Merritt. Guy makes bogeys. It's going to turn. I think he doubled the first hole. So maybe all the good luck and good fortune, not to say that Thomas isn't playing well. He's playing extraordinarily well. But all of a sudden you miss a four-foot putt. You, you, you don't make that eight-footer for birdie. Just stuff like that. Stuff like that has been going right for him all week. Maybe it goes against him a little bit, and Vic can crank up that putter. Just have one hot putting around Vic, and we're good to go here. I might have to figure out some hedge equity, too, if they get tied, that if Morikawa is going to stick in third place and I have second and third, if Vic can somehow catch up, uh, then all of a sudden maybe we're good. I think that uh, next... I'm not sure how 14 is going to play next week because it's been very drivable all week. Um, Victor has been awesome on that hole. Hit it to 10 feet for Eagle on Friday, 20 feet for Eagle on Saturday. Justin Thomas has laid up. He laid up on Saturday. So I don't know if he's going to trust his driver to go at it. And we know Vic is going to go at it. So, you know, this like in, in round three, Thomas laid up. Uh, it was an okay iron shot. He put it to like 11 feet, and he made the putt. Uh, Vic hit it to 20 feet, just missed his eagle putt. Like, that could be the swing right there. If Thomas misses, 
that 11-foot putt, taps it in for par. Vic, you know, it goes one inch to the left. He makes that eagle putt. Those are the two strokes right there. I would expect Vic to be the more aggressive of the two, and that can go really wrong when you're pin chasing. I'm curious to see what these pins actually look like on Sunday, but uh, that that's the circumstance. That could be the flip right there. Uh, we know that Victor has more length off the tee, but Justin's been driving the ball very, very well so far this week. Uh, but, you know, you just need some luck when it comes down to this. Maybe Morikawa gets hot and shoots minus eight again. Who knows? Uh, to get that putter all ratcheted back up. Let's go back to the, the modeling right now. So over since the restart, you can see the rounds here, 16, 16, 12. Again, those will be updated. You have Victor, Bryson, Answer, Sergio, who's back in the field, Dustin, Webb, Neiman, Rose, the Glove, Doc Redman. Oh, Doc Redman's back in the field, too. I forgot about that. Kevin Streelman, Hideki, Norlander. I really should have eaten the Norlander chalk this week. It would have made me, like, a lot of money because I would have had a ton of sixes, sixes. Berg been playing great, and that's only through eight rounds. So that's what we're looking at. I mean, that should be you know, Adam Hadwin, Kevin Na. We'll see how Kevin Na ends up doing. See how that back is feeling. I have to Instagram him. It's usually like doesn't play, plays well, withdraws uh, in terms of his back right now. Thomas is obviously going to go way up that list, but I would bet you Hovland rates out again as the number one player. As you can see that around the green, 44th, he's gaining again this week. So just don't be shitty around the greens. See someone like Answer, now, this is a bit different for someone like Answer because we know uh, through his 12 rounds, both at Travel, so the eight at Travelers and RBC Heritage, he basically hit every green in regulation. There wasn't a whole lot of around the green work to do for him. Really good at those long par threes as well, the really difficult ones. So if he doesn't have it going, he can get into trouble. We've seen that with Glover. We've seen that with Redman and even Hideki. Uh, that's really been an Achilles heel for him so far this week is that this, the around the green just hasn't been good. And you're like, man, Hideki, what are you doing? Uh, you used to be like the best at this. And maybe that flips. I don't know. Webb is interesting. Um, the last time I played him on bent grass, he missed the cut. Then he ended up you know, playing pretty well the next week. But you can see he's neutral on bent, great on Bermuda, great on POA. So he's not a negative. He's not going to putt you out of tournaments. But uh, you can see it's just not his preferred putting surface. Um, and maybe that doesn't really mean anything. And maybe that's going to be individual week to week to week and how these things go. And maybe his irons just continue to be so damn good that it doesn't matter at this point. And he's actually driving the ball really well when you look at it. Three in a row gaining off the tee, including at that missed cut. And we know that his approach is day two at Charles Schwab really made up for lackluster day one and on those bent greens he drops three strokes but the approach the driving we always know that he's going to be a great player around the greens you can just see he's a positive uh over the past few the putting's going to be there if the putting's not there then maybe just the way that he's going to be i'm sure he's going to be priced that you're going to have a decision to make of do you take bryson do you take rory do you take dustin do you take Webb? like he's going to be in the mix with those guys that's how well he's been playing uh maybe you get a discount on rom this week i don't know but you know, someone like Sergio, really good around the greens. I have no idea how Sergio has played this course over the years. It seems like a course where he'd be really good. Great at ball striking, great around the greens. Uh, and as you can see, too, that he actually gains a little bit on bent grass uh, and Bermuda. Not so much Poa. Not a great putter to begin with, uh, as you can see, that the putting has not been very good. But off the tee in the last five, great approach. Pretty good. Around the greens, really good. Since the return, three events, gained over two strokes around the green in each of them. Had the hot irons going at Heritage. Uh, hasn't made a putt. So let's type in Memorial. Hasn't played Memorial in a very long time. I think this goes back, the database goes back to 2012. So interesting to see. Maybe I will go back to the well here with old Sergio this week. Rose. 
fucking Rose. Uh, he just destroyed everyone. Uh, if the one saving grace to Rose is I constructed so many lineups with him in it uh, that had uh, like some of the lower guys who ended up missing the cut because I found it hard because I was really big on Thomas on DraftKings, not so much in the betting market, and then Vic, Neiman, and Morikawa on DraftKings that it just didn't leave a whole lot of room for Rose. I still had him, I think, in 25% of lineups. But since Swafford missed the cut and Stanley missed the cut and everything like that, that that's who Rose was paired up with. That actually was a really good break, a lucky break, really, on my behalf, uh, just because I wasn't able to jam him in with all those other studs that I wanted to play. But you can see, like, he was, a, like, when we go and look at what he did this week, he lost in all four categories. Like, he was really bad. But he's gained off the tee in the other three events that he started. Uh, he lost on approach minusculely at track travelers but had gained a whole bunch before that had gained at api as well usually very good around the greens was not this week or at travelers and the putting was pretty bad but now the last time we were on bent gained 5.4 always better on bermuda but a positive putter on each of them so depending on what his price point and the intrigue is going to be for justin rose i could see going back to him that wouldn't surprise me who were some outliers here since the restart Rory, I mean, Rory, we feel like he hasn't played well. Like, he's still 24th. T. Dunks is back in the field. He's 22nd. Who has been the best in approach? Answer, Hovland, Glover, Redmond, Norlander, Varner. Varner's around the green is really tough. So is Redmond's. That's tricky to look at. You'll see a lot of the best approach guys bat around the greens. You'll see it caught up to Naismith this week, too. He got it going a little bit bad, and he can't save himself at the time. I'm encouraged by Neiman. He's not having a great week. He's having a good week, just not a great week. But he, too, a lot like Hovland, has been getting better around the greens. Uh, Woodland was a disaster again for a while, and then he wasn't. Someone like Connors, you can just see that. When the wind picked up on Saturday, uh, Justin from Roto Grinders pointed this out, played a Day versus Connors head-to-head because he saw like the wind was up when they were out on the course in the morning, Day v. Connors. You know, we know Connors is a good ball striker, but he's not going to hit every green in regulation. Then at that point, uh, when we really look at it, you know, Day is someone who generally has is, is good around the greens. That if that's what it comes down to, and I think Connors made a double bogey by chipping it over the green twice on like the second hole, and like that's where the round went. Day ends up winning that head to head. That's a very astute observation. One of the great things about fantasy nationals, you can find that stuff in real time when you're going to look around. How did Leishman? Where where did he end up? Just going off the rails here. Because, you know, he always rates out well. His around the green game, again, very bad, the approach. We'll dig into these guys when we go back and look at it. Chucky Schwartzel, uh, I thought killed me when he missed the putt on 18 to go from minus one to even. Turns out it didn't matter. How fun was that cut line swept, by the way? It fucked me because I had Swafford, who hit it out of bounds on his last hole. Uh, and Shaw Tracker didn't update that right away. And then he makes a double on what was the ninth hole on the course, his 32nd hole overall, or 36th hole overall, misses the cut on the number. Stanley... Two huge par saves on 16 and 18, then misses a shorty on 17. Turns out he needed to make that one, too. If those two guys make the cut, I make so much money this week because uh, they're in at minus two. Then there's the gaggle of guys making deep putts on their last. Si Wu made a 20-footer. Bronson Burgoon made a 30-footer. Ryder made a 30-footer. Like All these guys combined end up pushing the cut up that number. It was a fun sweat, though, because it carried over. Uh, that's part of the fun of DraftKings Golf, too. Like, if you don't enjoy that part, that's too much for you, and that puts you on so much tilt. Like, you're mad about it like you might want to stop playing i'm not gonna lie to you for me that was a lot of fun i love just the the intrigue of following along i wish it was on tv that we could see these shots in real time instead of fucking shot tracker which is wrong half the time and like oh yeah he hit it to the rough no he didn't he's in the middle of the fucking fairway but either way the stress the maybe there's a part of it too that 
because you can't see it in real time, that it adds even more stress to what's going on in terms of the cut line. Tiger is a player I want to look at here, just very briefly, just because we haven't seen him uh, all year. So last time that we saw him, I guess I guess he withdrew from the Players' Championship, so it wasn't even there. Uh, the Genesis. Now, he did play that charity event and looked pretty good. Uh, I was actually quite encouraged with what I saw. So the ownership has been down on Tiger kind of across the board. As we know, he's won this tournament seven times. Last year, such an or two years ago, sorry, such an outlier for him. He was ninth last year, played really well, gained 11 strokes on approach two years ago, lost almost eight on the greens. That is insanity. Uh, he said he's the last time he won was 2012, gained 11 on approach. I can actually see him using a lot of Tiger this week. I think he's going to be priced down. I'm curious to see where it goes. And he just has a lot of like, listen, he took a ton of time off between Hero and Farmers. And what did he do? He ended up coming ninth and played really well. Took a ton of time off from BMW to Zozo. What does he do? He wins at Zozo. So I'm not too concerned. If there's a guy who knows how to play really well coming off an extended break, it's Tiger. And this is a course where he's had a lot of previous success. And realistically, it was how he drove the ball in that charity competition. Now, maybe, you know what? No pressure, not that big of a deal, but I thought he looked fit. I thought he looked good. Uh, And realistically, I I thought that went really well. I want to go back to the workday field just very briefly. Uh, to see what is going on with the modeling and see how that turned out. Uh, Try to be somewhat objective here and how I'm looking at it. Uh, I don't want to take the great successes on... I mean, all my low, it's funny, my, all my lower end two weeks, I think it was three weeks ago, all my like cheap guys, the 6K guys, the low seven guys all made the cut. I was a disaster up top. Last week was just kind of eh, across the board. This week, all my top end guys are playing fucking fantastic. And all my cheap dudes ended up missing the cut. Let's see, Thomas, where is he at here? Oh, good. He put it to 18 feet. Oh, no. And he pars. So it's going to be a two shot lead for Justin Thomas going in to the weekend. All right. All right, that's not the end of the world. Morikawa's four-back. Vic is going to be two-back, and they're going to play in threesome. So it's going to be Thomas, Morikawa, and Hovland all playing together. Burns, Streelman, Poulter all playing together as well. Interesting stuff there. Uh, I, I Maybe Burns or Streelman can get hot, but you have to think that the winner is going to come from Thomas or Hovland looking into it. I'll even try to update what the odds are now that those are settled. I'll try to research those. How do we do this week in terms of the model? Thomas, Cantlay, Scheffler, or Shoffley, sorry, Hideki, Rom, Morikawa, Hovland. Big miss, big swing and a miss on Harold Varner, Neiman, M, big swing and a miss on Rose. Streelman didn't listen to the modeling. Uh, really would have liked to have him right now. Connors made the cut. Munoz had a horrendous round one and a really good round two and still lost strokes putting. So I'm interested in him in next week as a rebound guy. Uh, I mean, the stat model always loves, it's just like the Fantasy National Simulator, always loves Sebastian Munoz, but uh, he'll be an interesting play. So it's hit and miss at the very top. I mean, spit you out a bunch of guys. I mean, out of the top seven players in the model, the one, two, and three are all there. That's how it's supposed to go. The other guys all made the cut. Rom had a bad Saturday, but I mean, it's not telling you what you don't know. These are the best guys in the field. Um, so it was, you know, hit and miss down the board. Uh, Reed ends up making the cut. Obviously Damon did not make the cut. That was bad news. So hit and miss for the modeling this week. Maybe I'll try to refine it as it goes along uh, so far this week. But we can take a quick look at the in-tournament stats to see how that went. Uh, Maybe we can even see if there's any showdown plays. Uh, Round, let's just take a look at round three in particular right now. We'll go to the total for the week. Uh, Who had the best day on approach? Matt Jones. 
made some putts too. He actually had a really nice round. He's T13. Poulter. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at around the green. I'm an idiot. Uh, approach. Merritt. Ryder. CT Pan. Pan's like been sneaky. All right. Since the restart, by the way, probably not the best course for him. But once we get back to some shorter tracks, CT Pan could be a look. It's going to be a while till that happens. But Xander. Woodland, Silkinson, Richie Warinsky. I actually had a three ball, which Warinsky lost because uh, he couldn't make a fucking putt, as it turns out, or drive the ball, but very good on his approaches. The Gooch, Thomas, Bergoon, M. M lost three strokes putting for the round. He's starting to get it back together, by the way. So very, his price is probably going to come in the like 45, 50 to one. He's going to be cheap on DraftKings. He wasn't popular this week. He's not doing much. He's T41, but I think he's actually outplaying where his position is right now, ball striking wise. Generally a very good player around the green too. And you can see that he's right around even for the week. So that is something to look for. Keegan Bradley lost almost four strokes putting. That's saying I used you in showdown. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, Streelman couldn't make a pup. The ball striking was like, all right. So you can see some more guys. Let's just, yeah, sort by just overall ball striking. Ryder, Merritt, Hovland, Shafley, Im, Thomas, Bergoon, Fowler, Gooch, Woodland, Pan, Henley, another guy who couldn't drop a putt on Saturday. So that's interesting to kind of look at. Let's go back and look at the overall tournament to see where the guys ended up. And just kind of take a gander at some of the players who missed the cut um and to see uh, rose is the one i really want to look at just because i said i would bring that up look at this actually gained off the tee for the week that's nice F- minus four on approach minus two and a half around the greens minus 3.6 putting not a great showing from justin rose it just it strikes me hard to believe that he would lose that many strokes again like he's a world-class player who had been playing relatively well like that's such an outlier week that i'm almost willing to give him a pass to my own detriment i'm guessing so let's just kind of see here. The guys who made the cut. Oh, big shocker. Jordan Spieth lost two and a half strokes on approach. Rose lost four. Brooks gained in all three. Tita Green lost on putty. First time he's lost on putting and got it really back together coming in. So maybe he can ride that wave. Bubba was bad. JB Holmes withdrew from this tournament. Not sure why. Really good getting it going on Friday for Jim Furyk and other players who's played really well with this course in Bridgestone in the past. He'll be cheaper than the 6,900, I'm guessing, next week. So he's someone at the very bottom end you could look to. Uh, Grio, big shocker, lost three strokes putting, good on approach. Luke Donald, oh my God, gained on approach? That's probably not going to happen again. Uh, Ryan Palmer was 80 million over. It's funny because it was a lot of around the green and putting. Uh, No one's going to use him next week, and you probably don't want to, but it was really two holes that did him in. Just don't stop chipping it into the water over and over. You're going to be fine there, Uh, Ryan Palmer. Minus six, minus three for Hudson Swafford. All right, Max Homa played really well. That's what we expect, but minus two... 0.1 0.1 putting so i wouldn't hate going back to him again uh he'll probably be cheaper than the 7100 and he's probably not gonna be as chalky uh stewards is probably never gonna gain any off the tee and that approach for him is a bit dicey although he has been playing well bryce garnett gained in both that's interesting to see probably do a deeper dive on him let's see sung you'll know couldn't drive the ball for shit Gained a bunch on approach. I had him at low Asian at 18 to one. Might play that again next week and we'll probably get a bigger number. Like that's the one thing that I've learned. Like I got off Chase Cypher, uh, not Seifert, Cypher, as it turns out his name is. Been bad off the tee for, this is something you'll know, by the way, uh, but he's been gaining on approach in each of them. Like you turn on, like you turn a hot putter in 
all of a sudden when you're sung, you'll know. Like he lost this week, but maybe he can get back to gaining like he had been doing. So he's another guy who probably comes in. He's probably down from 68 to like 65, 63. It's just sometimes these sleepers who miss the cut and you can find the reason that they did miss the cut, uh, you can go back to them and all of a sudden like they're going to be all right. Stanley just played well, missed the cut on the number. Um, you know, this has been a good course for him. Maybe people are dejected by that and don't go back. He was only like 2% owned, I think, this week. Collie played well, couldn't chip, couldn't putt. Wouldn't hate going back to him after seeing that number kind of pop off the screen. Aaron Wise uh, almost went full Keegan. He played really well on Thursday, really poorly on Friday. Kind of go back into deeper into him. Cam Davis, you know, typical story for him. Tons on approach, couldn't putt for shit. Munoz. Plus one, he was seven over in his first round. Gained almost two for the tournament off the tee, almost a stroke on approach, better around the green, still lost four and a half. I'm going to like Munoz again this week. Every time I like Munoz, he's got awful, but just think that's a place where you could go. Uh, it was nice to see him rally. It was a lot like Ben Ann. Uh, they, I mean, he got so hot, there was a thunderstorm. Had to dry him out a bit, and he ended up missing the cup. Let's see. Pion Hun Ann ended up in the positives, and you know, even in putting, uh, I'm I think that he'll end up being chalky just based on the way that he did that this week. Uh, who are the guys who are just out of this world putting? Uh, just so you can kind of parse that to say, hey, that wasn't going as well. Uh, let's see here. Let's sort by position. Look at the leaderboard. Uh, Morikawa, six strokes putting. That's kind of why he had a bad round three. Streelman, 7.4. He's, like These guys are all having good ball striking weeks too, obviously, and that's propelling them up. But Justin Thomas, 2.1. Vic, 0.9 with the putter. Like They are striking the shit out of the ball, as you can see, already over 10 in ball striking over 12 each tee to green. Uh, that It's just hard to sustain yourself when you're gaining seven strokes putting. Like It can happen, but to do it not only again into Sunday, but two weeks in a row, that's tough. Poulter is losing on approach for the week and gaining almost eight strokes putting. Uh, Xander Shifley is up to six strokes putting. Uh, three on approach is good. I'm not going to say that it's not. Zach Johnson, seven strokes putting, losing in ball striking for the week, so fade him next week. Mackenzie Hughes, 5.4. Jerry Kelly, 5.4. Norlander, 4.8. It's funny. Norlander is doing it the opposite way of what you would have expected if you used him this week. He had been striking the shit out of the ball and not putting. Uh, ends up being like, you know, ends up being good chalk this week. And he wasn't even as chalky as I thought he was going to be, but $6,500, like he is, he's probably the reason you have a six of six lineup this week. Stumanji Sink getting it done around the greens and putting. He keeps making putts, but like that's so terrifying to me to look at to say that. Can you repeat that again this week? Uh, next week, sorry. It's going to be tough for me to see. Steel, almost nine on approach, minus five putting. That's a player I could go back to next week. Almost 11 strokes tee degree, and that makes him third for the week. And this putting performance is going to mask that. Not amongst people who know and use things like Fantasy National or Sharp Betters, but I'm curious to see what they open with with the pricing. Warinsky again, eight and a half strokes on approach. He's probably not going to hit that level again this week, but maybe. I want to go see what his splits are putting-wise just to see is this something that we should be accustomed to. Usually a great putter on bent. Not so much this week. Not usually a good approach player. Great this week. Was really good at travelers, gained a bunch off the tee. So he's kind of piecing it together. He seems like a player who's really close uh, to potentially putting all four rounds together. So that is something very interesting to see for me. Let's see. Uh, Neiman and Connors kind of doing the same thing. Great ball striking. Can't chip or putt. Uh, Neiman, worse at, better at chipping than Connors, who's just a disaster every time he misses the green. Keegan, over 10 strokes gained ball striking, minus 5.3 putting, 
minus 3.3 around the greens. I just want to go take a gander at what he has been up to recently. Uh, usually good around the greens, even over the past five tournaments, like long-term good around the greens, long-term off the tee, long-term on approach. Good. We know he's a shit putter. Uh, let's see at Memorial over the years. Uh, you know, he's kind of feast or famine on the green. So maybe he lost so many this week that it just goes back the other way. Uh, when we're looking at it next week, uh, always worse on Bermuda, generally better on Ben. So I can see going back to Keegan again next week. What happened to you, Shane Lowry? You were my pal through like 23 holes. Uh, Phil Mickelson can't putt this week, but is striking the ball incredibly well. Phil, maybe you go to Phil. Who knows? Uh, let's see. Brooks, positive across the board. Now we're back into the miscut guys. All right. I think that's good enough for the f- first look this week. A lot of what I said last week uh, in terms of how this course plays and the stats is what I'm going to go with again this week. And I'm just going to be looking for value. Like I didn't want to bet Justin Thomas because he was 10 to 1 this week. I very rarely, especially in a 157 person field, want to take a guy who's 10 to 1 around a lot of other elite players. He turned out to be the elite of the elite players, but I thought there was better value down the board with Havlin and Morikawa. Now, when when they don't win, I'm going to prove to be wrong. If Hovland wins, I'm going to look very smart in taking that approach this week. And even if you had taken Ricky or Im or Reed, other guys who are in that area, they did better than most of the very top end guys. So if you went to the top of the board, you had to be right with Justin Thomas. So I'm curious to see what his odds are going to be next week once you inject Tiger, Dustin, Webb, Rory, and Bryson back into the field. We might actually get a really good betting board. So I do think that that 20 to 40, potentially even up to 25 to 50 range is likely where I'm going to be making my bets this week. And listen, Hovland, Morikawa up there, Sam Burns up there. Sam Burns also played really well at PGA National, has played really well at PGA National. Another Nicholas design, by the way, uh, as potentially a crossover thing to look at. Now, maybe we should just go take a look at Honda Classic from this year very briefly before we get out of here. Uh, we know Sung Jae won there. Uh, Burns made the cut in all three appearances in his career at the Honda. And let's just look at strokes gain to see. I mean, M won cash is a big ticket. Hughes playing well again this week. Steele playing well again this week. Berger, maybe just go back to Berger. Maybe just fucking keeps this going. Who knows? Henley made the cut. Davis missed. Woodland made the cut. Garnett, as we saw earlier, really good in ball striking this week. Couldn't make a putt. It's kind of interesting. Warinsky, another guy, is playing well. Harris English back in the field next week. Ryan Palmer, just a complete disaster. But, you know, he's played well at that course over the years. So maybe, uh, I don't think it's like a direct corollary. I do think that Firestone has far more in common with Mirrorfield Village. But if you're looking for Nicholas designs, that's not something that had really even, I had looked at sort of the broad range of Nicholas courses, like that throws like Glen Abbey into the mix, which is a super fucking easy course. Uh, And that spouts Johnny Vegas up the list all of a sudden. So maybe that is one to hammer down on if you're looking in that mid-range or for a sleeper i can think my early leans right now sung jay i want to see how he finishes and with all these great names in the field if vic doesn't win maybe just go back to fucking big dick vic and neiman was 50 to 1 this or 45 to 1 this week maybe he gets pushed back down to like 60 65 i really wouldn't hate that you have to be terrified again of all of the big name players that are there and i'm curious to see what that tiger price is going to be maybe it's good maybe it's like 20 to 1 doubt it maybe it is bet that too i i don't think i've bet tiger since he's returned he's won three times the time is coming for me to get in on tiger i just want some good odds on it maybe this is the week the link to the pme open in the description of this video and podcast smash the like give me your early lean and please go rate the show five stars on apple Podcasts or on stitcher wherever you download the pat mayo experience audio podcast download them other shows we're up there too there's football 
from all last week. We're going to have more MMA shows. There's two cards this week coming out. We're going to have golf every single day for you to get you ready for Memorial. Thanks for tuning in to the first look. Go to fancynational.com slash mayo to get 20% off. And I'll see you on Monday. Good luck on Sunday. Hopefully you can cash some big ones, all right? Family experience! Experience!